0: two danger room the x-men comic book commentary podcast i'm adam i'm jeremy and uh, we're here for x-men number two the november 1963 issue entitled no one can stop the vanisher this issue was written by stan lee drawn by jack kirby inked by paul Rainman, and lettered by sam rosen
1: but who colored it that's what i want to know no props to the colorist back in the 60s i guess oh that's a good point. <laughs> Somebody colored it. Yeah, they didn't have computers. Well, maybe
0: they took that out because I'm reading it from an omnibus, and maybe it's like recolored or something.
1: Well, I'm reading it from Let's like see. the 2005 DVD, whatever they. I mean, this is this is scans of the actual books. But yeah, this doesn't have any colorist on it.
0: This uh, I have uh, I have color reconstruction.
1: Oh, I bet you yours look better than mine.
0: Well, what color is the Vanisher on the cover?
1: Yeah, he's got a purple cape, but, like, the tip of the cape, like, the bottom of the tip, ew, the bottom tip of the cape is orange as well.
0: Yeah, see, mine, yeah, mine's orange with a purple cape.
1: Does it look like a nice Photoshop gradient, or is it, like, a like a hand-drawn one?
0: Yeah, it looks like a, a Photoshop gradient. I mean, this has definitely been recolored. Is the sky red in yours?
1: The sky is red, yeah. It's blood red over the state, or over the federal capital. So, anyway, yeah, the cover, they're they're, they're in Washington, D.C., and yeah, man, I've I've beaten the X-Men before and I shall do it again. That sounds kind of <laughs> like Nemesis. Yeah,
0: exactly. When did he beat the X-Men before? I guess we'll find out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let's get this thing started.
0: Oh, this is a book-length Marvel classic. It, it refers to it on the cover and the inside first page. I, I don't know what that means. This is not book-length. But it sure felt long enough.
1: Well, if you remember, like the uh, first few Spider-Mans, they broke them up into two stories per comic.
0: Oh, I see. So it's basically a comic book length.
1: Yes. Because I think before, uh, because like you had like amazing tales or strange tales or journey into fantasy, all those things. And now now we have a book length, sometimes thriller. But this time, (laughs) (laughs) this time we're being congratulated for purchasing their book, which I like.
0: (laughs) Yes, it's very kind. Uh, we uh, we begin with the X-Men rushing towards Professor X, who is a- apparently called them with an emergency call.
1: Yes, exactly, as their uh, b- word balloons indicate. But if you look at this, they're all in costume, they're all heading the same direction, which means they came from the same place. And I can only assume that they must be on the campus of school at some sort of practice that they were, they were involved in <laughs> heading to Professor X's uh, uh, office, right? I have no idea where they are because if you follow
0: through the next panels, I mean... Well, I know. <laughs> they're, they're apparently near a construction site, but also near a
1: theater, but also near a train station. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. Now, the question I have is, were they at a party? Like a costume party? <laughs> 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 all right, so anyways, yeah, so they, they all start in the same place, rushing back home. What is
0: the dance that uh, Marvel Girl is doing in the very first panel there? The dance?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Is that a cha-cha?
0: It looks like she's doing like some sort of thing. Everybody else looks like they're running, but she appears to be uh, in the middle of some dance.
1: I think she's slipping on Iceman's little ice trail there. <laughs> And how come he's moving so fast? And he, they don't even—they actually appear to be going uphill. If you look at the—if uh, you look at the background.
0: Oh, I don't have a background in mine.
1: The background is actually white. This is what leads me to believe that they're on campus, heading towards Professor X's office, because there is no background. But there's like a a, a blue uh, ground. They're on a blue ground, which also leads me to believe that they're on like a tennis court or maybe in a carpeted environment, because the ground is green, <laughs> but not grassy green. It's like rug green. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever
0: they are, uh, Beast manages to—he—he's clearly near some buildings. Yes, he is, because cause he jumps over them and lands on a train. And, well,
1: now go over to the second panel on page two. There, Beast is climbing up with his—he's tiptoeing up the side of a building, uh, scaling a, a ninety-degree incline with his with his toes. and and there are kind of like some divots in in the wall but his toes don't even appear to be in those divots oh it it actually does say with deep enough ridges to sink my toes into and watch so how does he how is he i mean i i understand that he's the beast and that he's agile and he's got incredible strength but does that also allow him to scale a building with his tiptoes
0: yeah as long as the divots are (laughs) deep enough
1: (laughs) oh as clearly indicated by his word balloon okay (laughs) (laughs) moving on
0: (laughs) And he's got a train ticket. When he hops on the train, it's it's very uh very kind of him.
1: Uh, I've even really he does say that. I've even got a train ticket. Wow. He does not want to be breaking the law. <laughs> now again, that is some pre planning. Here they are off at their costume party, and Beast's like, you know what? I might need a train ticket if Professor X calls. <laughs> he's got to be really proud. He gets back to the mansion. He's like, you guys, I'm the smart one here. See, I'm the one that got the ticket. Don't you guys wish you had a ticket? <laughs>
0: Anyway. And then uh, Angel gets tackled by a bunch of uh, insane Teenagers.
1: Teenage girls with Uh, their hormones aflutter.
0: Apparently he's got some sort of a fan club.
1: Yeah, only one mission against Magneto, and he's already got himself a little fan club.
0: Yeah, there's not much mutant hatred yet. Everybody's in love with
1: the mutants. You know what causes the mutant hatred? It's the last panel on this page, where Marvel Girl comes up, lifts again. One, two, three, (laughs) four, five, six six girls and then what does she do on the next page she puts them on top of a movie theater marquee and leaves them there yeah that's that's pretty rough they're
0: they're clearly going to be stuck there (laughs) i was hoping that at the end of the issue they would
1: we would pan back to them to see what happened they're like freezing and starving and (laughs) sitting up there like please let us down we're sorry. No, but I think this is what happened: is uh, one of those girls is is uh, her boyfriend is like a, a young Bolivar Trask. <laughs> he's like, "What? Those mutants put you on top of the movie marquee? Let me introduce you to my robots." <laughs>
0: they don't even realize it's Marvel
1: Girl, though. Like this one girl thinks it's Angel's Kiss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous. That, that's just sad.
1: But then, yeah. So then we finally get uh, a a little uh, glimpse of the limit of her power, supposedly where she all of a sudden feels faint. Right, which doesn't jive with the last
0: issue, but, you know, what are you going to do?
1: No, here she lifted six women, and in the last issue she lifted seven men. Or maybe she's just playing into uh, Angel's... You know, maybe she wants to be carried home by Angel. Oh, so she's just a a flirt. Well, that's why she got the girls off uh, uh, Angel in the first place. Well, not only is she a flirt, but she's also very lazy.
0: She doesn't want to get back on her own, (laughs) so she concocts this plan Mm. to
1: convince angel to carry her home wow that's that's almost as much fortitude as beast buying his ticket to get home on the train (laughs) these x-men are planners i guess so no wonder they're the strangest teens of all they come up with the strange. never mind anyways so then yeah cyclops and iceman uh luckily enough come by a building that's toppling on some construction workers <laughs> yeah. It's always an adventure when you're with the X Men.
0: Which Cyclops manages to blast away, and again, X Men fandom, they know who they are. Mm-hmm.
1: Holy cow!
0: The construction workers happy to greet them, even though Iceman freezes their gloves and turns another another man's
1: gloves into <laughs> ice cubes. Which is pretty impressive. I don't know how that happens. Uh, what is this gag? I shake a frozen hand, and look what happens to my glove! That's the way the cookie crumbles, chum. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody likes Iceman. <laughs>
0: and poor S- I wouldn't either. How does he turn him into ice cubes? That's just that's really cold.
1: And how do they shatter into perfect ice cubes? Yeah, Cyclops there. He's kinda I don't know, again, uh, in a passive stage or state there. Hunched over, I don't know, getting grappled by all these guys. <laughs> and he's a very strange runner.
0: In the next panel he seems to be doing like some sort of Olympic hurdle.
1: <laughs> does have quite the stride, I'll I'll give you that. And then, okay, so then stop the presses, partner. That's what we're looking for. They find an ice cream truck.
0: <laughs> and they ride an ice cream truck home.
1: They ride in the back, or Iceman rides in the back of the ice cream truck. And they go on to say that they actually paid gas money to ride in the ice cream truck.
0: Because they're good they're good citizens. Beast buys a ticket <laughs> and uh, Cyclops pays for gas.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I guess. What a goofy what a goofy travel montage again this goes back to me thinking that stanley was like how can i burn up four pages of this comic i know <laughs> we're gonna come up with a goofy travel segment and then there's professor xavier who is still uh, a strange
0: brooding man sitting motionless i believe that's exactly what he was doing in the last issue
1: i think he was no he had uh un unintelligible thoughts no un- indescribable You're thoughts right. now now his yeah. thoughts uh, are not indescribable
0: so they all return to uh, Professor X's side and um, they all want to know what's going on but Professor X won't tell them because he wants to project it on a wall which is pretty pretty cool <laughs>
1: uh, yeah so we okay so reading what we've already read we know that Professor Xavier has the ability to project his uh, thoughts into his team's minds or people's minds and communicate with them telepathically. We know that he can receive thoughts from people. What else do we know? We know that he can mentally control a jet.
0: And now he can project movies onto walls.
1: (laughs) I know that like having mutant powers is probably not physically possible in the first place, but how is he able to project an image from his mind onto a wall? Well, in today's comics, it would be explained as though he's projecting
0: it in, all, in their minds, I guess.
1: Whereas... Well, exactly. That makes a heck of a lot more sense than, let me project this on the wall with my mind projector. He doesn't say that, but... Right. <laughs> I don't know. He
0: has the power over mental images, apparently, though. <laughs> Professor X, the human film projectionist. And so
1: not only is he able to project the image of this, this weird-looking guy, the uh, vanisher, he's able to project... A whole lot of dialogue as well. Yeah, this makes
0: absolutely no sense whatsoever. He he is able to project scenes as they happened previously
1: that day. (laughs) Is this this is what this isn't what is happening? This is what had happened. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I monitored his activities. So he monitored his activities. Wow, Professor Xavier is one tough guy. If he can like capture all of this information, like a. Like a video capture device in his brain and then replay it again.
0: He's, he's basically creating all this in his mind. I, I don't know. Did he actually see this? What if it turns out that the Vanisher's co- costume doesn't look like this at
1: all? <laughs> uh, yeah. How would you be able to glean all of this detail? Well, he was monitoring Adam. He was monitoring him.
0: All right, he so he's reviewing this complete ridiculousness where this costumed guy, who's costumed, by the way, purple and red again, just like Magneto's, he convinces the police to take him to the bank where he says that he's going to rob it, and they're like, ugh. Ah. No way. You could never rob it. So they they bring
1: him right there. Well, so what I actually read this, this is the last panel of page uh, five. Uh, He says, direct me to the bank. And the cop says, sure, there's no law against having intentions. Uh, Step this way, oddball. So (laughs) I always interpreted that as like, come with me to jail, you weirdo. But no, he literally (laughs) takes him to the the bank. Yeah, he, he takes him to the
0: bank. Because he wants to see whether or not he's going to get away with robbing it or not. And he does, because he's the vanisher. He gets the money. If you think about this, the, the, the police officer doesn't have to do what he asked him to do. But he
1: does, because there's no law against asking. This just seems like it could have easily been avoided. <laughs> <laughs> By not showing him the way to the bank? or Yeah. yeah. So, and, and he, if you read his words, he's, he's somewhat articulate, so that would lead me to believe that he could probably read, and he probably has access to a phone book, so he probably doesn't even need to go through all of this. He probably could just find the bank and vanish in and vanish out. <laughs> Again, this is another way of Stanley burning two pages, this officer is just
0: completely responsible for this whole situation. And in the next panel, he's at the bank, and he has a gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at what point... Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, and then he, he vanishes. He vanishes with a ton of money. Yes, he does. And uh, He vanishes with a ton of money to the shock of the X-Men. Look at B size in the background there. <laughs> he is totally shocked.
1: Now, in mine, he, his face is completely inked over, and all you can see are his eyes.
0: Yes, yes, that's how it is here, too. But those are very, yeah, those are very shocked eyes.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, he does look very shocked. And uh, Iceman goes nuts. (laughs) He is so upset. He says, you know what, I'm going to throw them my ice, my my machine gun ice pellets. Zowie, baby! (laughs) Okay, minus the baby. But he says, zowie! And then Professor Xavier says, let's use this as a training exercise. And directs Marvel Girl to defend himself against Iceman's crazy attacks. Which is the first time we've seen her uh, actually training. Now, who is in the foreground? You see, like, hat and gloves. I think that must be... Angel? Because yeah. um, Beast looks like he does a somersault over. Yeah, because everybody else is there. Oh, but it doesn't actually matter, because it it's Cyclops It says, Go to it, gorgeous. I notice a lot that almost every X-Men calls Marvel Girl gorgeous. Yeah, they all have pet names for her. No, I think the pet name is Gorgeous. If you read on, I, I think last issue, um, Angel called her Gorgeous. Um, I think further on in this issue, somebody calls her Gorgeous.
0: Oh, really? So they're all calling her Gorgeous. That's, yeah. That's the thing.
1: It's totally disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. has a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: this, is, uh, this is the 60s.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was a different time back then. Oh, she keeps referring to her power as teleportation. I'm on the next page here. Oh, yeah. Hmm.
0: I guess telekinesis was not known at that time. All I
1: need to do is use my mental power of teleportation. Hmm. And in the last issue, uh, she kept referring to her power as teleportation. Either that or Professor Xavier did one of the two.
0: I wonder if that's a mistake.
1: Uh, What, the teleportation or the telekinesis?
0: Uh, the the teleportation.
1: See now, I thought that as well, but I think she refers to her power, and others refer to her power as teleportation many, many times. So I think that's simply what they called it, and it makes sense. I mean, you're using tele skills to port things to various locations, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. No.
0: Yeah, I buy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the professor suspects that the Vanisher is a mutant, and uh, he decides to train the X-Men in the Danger Room. Oh! The first
1: introduction of the Danger Room, where we get our
0: the very name of our podcast. Yes!
1: Hence why we're naming our podcast this-ish episode, and not last episode. Yeah. We planned it this way, folks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because we totally did that on purpose. Last week's episode should have just been called Spanner Office. <laughs> There's still time. I'm, I'm actually going to assume that what happened was somebody pointed
0: out all of the things that you pointed out in the last issue, and we're like, you know, we need to make this a
1: little more realistic. <laughs> yes, that's what somebody said in the Marvel bullpen to Stanley. I don't know, your superheroes with their computers in the office and the spanners, uh, it's not very realistic. How about you make a danger room? Oh, brilliant. Because as we see in the danger room, I don't want to get too far ahead, but there's missiles coming out. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, we can pretty much skip through that. Uh, uh,
1: fists. I like the fists that come out of the floor.
0: Yeah, they basically <laughs> put the X-Men through their tasks. Angel kind of uh, doesn't do very well. Beast barely manages to escape out of a hole. and um, And then... Professor X lights a pipe.
1: <laughs> no, no, you're just skipping the best panel. The uh, Panel one, two, three, for the fourth panel on page nine. That is some beast is exerting some strength there. <laughs> <laughs> or taking a dump. <laughs> He's definitely doing something that's uh, uh,
0: strenuous. It's so strenuous that Marvel Girl has to guide him to the floor.
1: And then uh, Iceman quips, I'd like to help that big gorilla with a cactus plant. So he's the witty one of the group, huh? These are not good quips. (laughs) He's the comic relief. If I had Iceman's line, I'd shoot myself. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, go back um, one page. This is where you get your first um, taste of, not taste, but first inference of Beast's uh, intellect, maybe. And I don't know if this is true. But on the first panel of page nine there, he says, uh, uh, that's because I'm smarter than the others, huh? You could read it that way, or you could read it as uh, him just <laughs> being all uh, a braggart. He's definitely being cocky. He's definitely bragging uh, or something. But yeah, I don't think he
0: has any intelligence at this point yet.
1: I I I, I agree. I don't think we've developed, or, or at least not to the degree that we we, we now know him.
0: Know beast as having
1: sure. So yeah, we got some tests, and then uh, meanwhile. Looks like we're are we where are we? Inside the mighty Pentagon. So how did he get into the Pentagon? He he is in the Pentagon. He's not just outside. <laughs> well presumably he vanished his oh. way into it. Well that makes sense. Yeah. He got me. <laughs> and so I guess right now we don't really know what his power is. Is it that he is simply disappearing or or what's going on here?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um
1: so then uh, they've got these Continental Defense Plans.
0: Oh, and I love the uh, this little conversation that they're having here. Um, I think we should actually do this before every podcast. Jeremy, let's review
1: our podcast notes again. Yes, Adam, we can't be too careful of our podcast notes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just kind
1: of ridiculous dialogue <laughs> here, but Well, it's... I appreciate it's, it. It's enjoyable. Tradi- it's humorous. It's traditional Stanley. And the guy's name is Hendershoot. Sure to take good care of those plans, gentlemen. They will soon be mine.
0: And at this point, he reveals that he is a mutant. Or I guess in the last panel, he revealed he is a mutant. Uses that uh, homo superior tag again. Haven't
1: you guessed? I have the ability to teleport myself. So now we've got Jean Grey, Marvel Girl, with her teleportation ability, which is the ability to move things from place to place. And his ability to teleport, which is to move from one place to another place... I guess he can, he can move only himself and objects that
0: he's holding. Uh, I guess teleportation through space. Huh. Whereas Gene Grey can move objects uh, physically through space.
1: He shows service power that he didn't bother taking the plans now. He prefers to let us worry about him for a few days. And so wherever his hideout is... He's got a nice lounge chair, and all of the criminals in town have found him and are clamoring to be a part of his gang. And the uh, <laughs> and I assume that they refer to themselves
0: as a gang. The criminal in the lower left-hand corner with the uh, the, the checkered
1: jacket brought a fruit basket. <laughs> yes, here, Vanisher, we bought you a fruit basket. Maybe it's his moving-in gift. Maybe the Vanisher just moved into, like, the main criminal hotel or I mean, apartment complex. Well, if you're a criminal, I mean, what do you bring another criminal as a gift? Clearly, a fruit basket. <laughs> I guess, yeah. So then he says, uh, "Yeah, you guys can, you guys can become my lackeys." <laughs> At some point in my life, I would like to be able to refer to another group of people as my lackeys. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, they're very happy about that. Yay! We're your lackey. Yeah. So his plan's not very exciting. He tells him that he intends to steal the plants, as we've already known. <laughs> He's already told us that he's gonna to go to the Pentagon and and take the, the the what the continental defense plans which
0: uh what is his reason for wanting these plans
1: well we don't know yet, but I have a feeling we're gonna find out <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember oh, okay it was it was so unexciting I don't even remember now we don't know <laughs> we don't know why he wants these plans yet but so he tells the plan to his lackeys and yep, uh, yeah. his brand new Happy lackeys. (laughs) His welcoming committee. (laughs) Fruit basket. (laughs) So then we go back to the... Actually, what would have made that scene better is if one of the criminals would have been, like, feeding him grapes. (laughs) 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 So then we go back to the danger room where Professor Xavier is trying to kill Jean Grey with a giant (laughs) basketball. Yeah, she's really being tested this issue... uh. More so than the rest of them.
0: It's probably because she didn't really get tested last issue, and this is kind of a a focus on her.
1: Either that, or, or focus on her power is
0: not her personality at all.
1: I'm wondering if they feel like they uh, jumped the shark last uh, issue with her lifting all of those soldiers. That they're going at great lengths here to show that she actually does have a limitation in her power.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you don't buy that. No, no, I, I agree with you totally. Uh, that
0: that <laughs> seems like it makes sense. I mean, it, it seems like they are definitely putting more limitations on all of their powers to a degree.
1: Mm, that's true. Except in the last panel. Just make it more interesting. I except guess. in the last panel where uh, Iceman decides to sh- throw an uh, ice horse at them. <laughs> Which
0: is pretty impressive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has got some okay. fine control over his powers.
0: Yes, he instantaneously created an, uh, a horse-sized horse out of ice. That is very impressive.
1: <laughs> so they're not putting any limits on his powers.
0: Either that or there was a horse in the room and he froze it. <laughs> <laughs> that, well,
1: okay, that could be. Remember last issue, he had the uh, all the stuff ready for a snowman, so maybe Professor Xavier also has a horse here in the danger room that... <laughs> So uh,
0: Cyclops saves uh, Jean Grey from this giant, giant ball. Okay,
1: right. Or and I guess it's a, I guess it's a weight. Uh, yeah, giant weight ball here. So um, he's making fun of him like, oh, Cyclops, what would I have done without you? Rats, any one of us could have saved you. Then he does the horse thing. But on the very next page, Iceman's showing Cyclops his little snow grapple. <laughs> <laughs> How's this emergency grapple? Fine, Bobby, but keep it quiet, please. <laughs> So they went from horseplay to just what strategizing. The uh, the grapple appears to be coming out of his hand. It's it's pretty yeah
0: impressive. It's like an extension of him.
1: But see, it's a, it's actually a, I think a little bit less impressive than his snow horse cause oh, it's, it's certainly actually, it, less impressive than the snow <laughs> horse. <laughs> well, first of all, his he snow a made horse is made out of snow. <laughs> <laughs> <And it's>, his <laughs> His snow horse was completely ice, and this it looks like it's actually made out of snow. So I'm wondering how much you could actually, how much weight could that grapple actually hold
0: before it just folds apart? Well, presumably he wouldn't be showing it to anybody if it if it didn't work. Oh, okay,
1: that well. all right. And so this page actually starts a a whole um, a whole. I don't want to call it a subplot, but introduces a, a character that becomes kind of kind of important, and that's Special Agent Fred Duncan. Special Agent Fred Duncan. So you know when 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 uh, Stanley was writing he's like, well how am I going to get uh, the x- men access to the Pentagon oh I know Fred Duncan will be my in but later <laughs> on in the series Fred duncan he plays not a huge character, but he's definitely uh, brought back into the fold, so to say. I'm not familiar with that, so I, I look forward to this. It's like an issue like 176 or something, man. They hold that thing. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I just don't remember. Yeah. Because huh. well yeah well anyways when we get you just wait till episode 176 and we'll really talk <laughs> about some Fred Duncan. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways yeah uh, ag- again. Professor Xavier's got the most powerful mind in the world, we've deduced. He can project images from his brain onto walls. He can control airplanes. But for some reason, Fred Duncan, who's in Washington, D.C., which really isn't that far from New York, needs a special brain band magnifier.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because he's... Uh, no, I got nothing for this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and the other thing is, Professor Xavier continues to talk about how they're trying to keep a low profile, but for some reason, this branch of the government knows about this strange bald man who can communicate to them with headbands. Yeah, it's this weird kind of back and forth. I, I thought that um, it it seemed
0: to me like Professor X was very public in this issue, but then I, I realized that the well, I don't mm-hmm. want get ahead of it, but
1: mm-hmm. I, think, I guess he's not. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. But you would think that maybe from this here panel that the government actually knows about this special operations X-Men group because Professor Xavier's talking to them.
0: Yeah. Yes, um, his thoughts grow closer. Maybe he marry, he he uh, marries. What the hell was I trying to say? Maybe he <laughs> wipes his mind at the end of every <laughs> adventure.
1: Ah, Fred Duncan. Oh, who are you again? Keep wiping Fred Duncan's mind. So knowing so what the vanager is going to do since
0: he's such a uh, since he since he seems to want to let everybody know, the uh, the X Men go out to uh, have their encounter. Mm-hmm. In a what is that, a helicopter?
1: That is what it it says it somewhere. It's a uh, McDonnell X V one Convert-a-Plane. <laughs> which has been put at the disposal of the X-Men by the Department of Special Affairs, so again, yeah, uh, Fred totally Duncan with
0: the government here
1: is the is the FBI actually, I don't think he's FBI here. I think he becomes FBI later, but regardless he's he's Department of Special Affairs and apparently has a budget line item to give these mutant teenagers in their Westchester mansion vertebra or convertiplanes, <laughs> whatever the heck that is, and that thing's that thing's pretty unique. I mean, you know that thing you know, probably cost the US government, you know, twenty five, fifty million dollars. Yeah.
0: Let's send out those kids in it.
1: <laughs> and so again, um
0: And then there's like this little line of dialogue that's kinda weird. I feel like a VIP in this special military air taxi. How about you guys? What do you mean you feel like a VIP? If we aren't important, who is? It's like what what exactly is the status of the X Men at this point?
1: I trust you youngsters will still feel so important after you've fought the Vanisher. So is Fred Duncan flying this thing, or is he in the airplane? Who's talking to them?
0: <laughs> That's a good point. And or or is it, talking? is that Professor I X? Think it's, it's an exchange between Iceman and Beast,
1: but I don't know. Sure, that, and then those two. F- and Fred Duncan, He's he's got to be there. But he's in Washington. Because if you go up to the second panel of the Capitol building.
0: It's a building. very
1: fast plane. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we don't know who this third person in the airplane is. You say it's Fred Duncan. I say it can't be And I don't think... With mutants around, you never know. (laughs) Would Cyclops call them youngsters?
0: No, it's definitely not
1: an X-Men. Professor X would say, my X-Men, shut up. No, he wouldn't say that. (laughs) He would say, you have exactly five seconds to be quiet. All right, so on the next page, this is what I love about these 60s comics. You got four armed guards... With the, with the important secret plans on a desk, and they all have their backs to it.
0: <laughs> and they're not even uniformed guards. They're, they look like they hired some henchmen because they're all wearing different costumes.
1: They actually, yeah, they actually look like, actually look like thugs. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, the federal government is hiring goons. And X-Men. <laughs> and the X-Men. And again, last issue, they did the same thing. They kind of stepped aside to let these weirdo teenagers uh, help them uh, from Magneto. So he he teleports in onto the desk, and the goons, the hired goons, tackle him, but he disappears. You know what's interesting about uh, the Vanisher is, I feel
0: like he's almost got nothing. <laughs> he's got a very. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, sorry. Go ahead. I feel like I don't, I don't really know what I mean by this, but he's almost got like a a reverse Spider-Man costume. It's like oh, if Spider-Man yeah. put on his costume but wrapped it around his head, you have the Vanisher. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i, I can see that i guess he's got like the little hash marks or whatever in there and his little cowl and or I, whatever's I think going what happened there. is like spidey was uh washing his suit
0: one day and uh <laughs> it got i don't know bleached out to a sort of a purple color and uh mm. he was like oh i can't take this I'm, I'm gonna throw it away and he threw it away and uh this vanisher guy comes along spidey's trash can.
1: And he's like,
0: I'm going to make a suit out of this.
1: <laughs> all he needs is the little bandit eye bands there. And uh, you're right. I think you're onto something there.
0: The, uh, the Vanisher is still around in today's comics. He actually was a member of X-Force recently.
1: Get out of here. Really?
0: He totally was. And he, his costume was completely different. It was all gray. Um, but he still had
1: the eye bands. Oh, wow. Not the Uncanny X-Force. He was
0: actually forced to be a member. No, no, not the Uncanny X-Force. He was part of the previous, the just prior to Uncanny X-Force, X-Force. But
1: wasn't that X-Force like the weird ones, the weird X-Force? It was It was
0: a team. It was very similar to the current one. The current one kind of spun off from that one, but it was like Wolverine, Angel. Um, and uh, the way that they got the Vanisher to work with them was I think they gave him cancer.
1: Oh, wow.
0: And uh, they said... Our, our healer guy, we need a teleporter, so you're going to work for us whether you like it or not, and our healer guy will fix you uh, with, when when, you, when we're done with you.
1: Because hmm. we can't find another teleporter anywhere. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Well, they couldn't tell Nightcrawler about it because they were a hush-up. A hush up, a hush hush, secret ops team.
1: See, I'm so far out of like today's X-Men that I don't even know why um, Nightcrawler wouldn't help. And besides, didn't he die or something?
0: Yes, uh, he died. I believe the Vanisher also died. There was uh, oh okay, in, in the spoilers. M- yeah, <laughs> who's Nightcrawler? <laughs>
1: yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> we're only on issue two. What's going on? So, the Vanisher uh, may or may not die in the future. Moving on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, he disappears, though, with the plans after he's almost tackled. Yep. And appears right in front of the X Men. Yep, right on the steps of Capitol, maybe? On, on Congress? Is the bill next to him? <laughs> yeah.
0: I, 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 there's a statue there. I can see the corner of it. But he immediately recognizes the X Men, so they've been getting some pretty hot press. The X Men!
1: No. The X Men? <laughs> Uh yeah, yeah. And then we go to some corny, corny action scenes. Yep. Um where they basically toss around the um suitcase. The briefcase. briefcase. The most notable thing I think is on page fifteen, panel three, of Beast. I don't know. He just looks very childlike and happy there. <laughs> flailing that briefcase up in the air look everybody i'm gonna get on the ed sullivan show i'm a regular hero (laughs) yeah i'll probably
0: be invited on the ed sullivan show definitely
1: not (laughs) showing his intelligence in this panel here
0: (laughs) he's not that smart but then
1: look at the vanisher he doesn't even bother teleporting in he's look how agile he is (laughs) he's all
0: bouncing around and shit
1: yeah, he's way more agile than the beast. Just comes flying out of nowhere and whips that out of his hand. And apparently, according to Cyclops, he was toying with them. He's only toying with us. Hey, where'd you come from?
0: And Give then uh, Jean Grey uses her teleportation to move the brew <laughs> away from him, and then he sprays her with gas. Sleeping gas.
1: Now, this is my... Now, this is... Okay, I'm a criminal. <laughs> I'm stealing plans, right? From the Pentagon, I have this ability to vanish. Why on earth am I carrying away around a gun that has sleeping gas? (laughs) If I can get this close, wouldn't it be much more effective to just shoot her in the face with a gun? All right, here's my theory on that. (laughs) When all of the criminals were giving him things, one of them
0: gave him a sleeping gas gun. And he was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm going to carry this around just in case I need it. Never expecting to need it. But what do you know?
1: I mean, he is so close that he could stab her, shoot her, or just punch her in the gut. <laughs> punch her—that's a good one. He could wrap his arm around her neck and snap it. But what does he do? He chooses to shoot her with sleeping gas. Yeah. And then we got ice. The result of which is Iceman shooting his hands and throwing a giant fist at him. <laughs> exactly. That's Iceman's response. I mean, ugh. no wonder this team gets beaten. And then he disappears. Which is, in a strange line of dialogue, he, he disappears
0: to somewhere warmer. <laughs> oh, <I'll, laughs> Why couldn't well, he have done that at this
1: whole time? Wait a minute. He's in Bermuda somewhere, and I don't know. That's a powerful power. If you can transfer yourself from, from Washington, D.C. to Bermuda. I mean, Nightcrawler, we've established that. Uh, not we've established, but in the comics, he can only go line of sight. He can only go as far as he can see. This guy, he can teleport halfway across the world. To
0: somewhere warmer. Well, I'm only assuming
1: it's Bermuda. He says it's
0: somewhere warmer.
1: Mm. I guess it could be like a sauna. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe he teleported to the the face of the sun. Well, that could be. I doubt it, though. <laughs> so then, yeah, they all hang their Psychops heads in shame. Uh,
0: yeah, Psychops feels bad for Gene. Are you okay, kid? Oh. Yes, yes. But what about the vanisher? My
1: response to that is, don't call me kid. My name's Gene. I'm not gorgeous. I'm not kid. <laughs> yeah, <seriously>. I'm Gene. <laughs> Get your hands off me. <laughs> and then Beast is all like... They're all depressed. Yeah, Beast is all really upset because he got away with the plans. I and never man.
0: even laid mm-hmm. a hand on him. Not even
1: once. And the newspapers are instant to, uh, to do the extra.
0: Extra, extra... Vanisher makes monkeys out of the (laughs) (laughs) X-Men.
1: Nobody can stop the Vanisher; he's so powerful. Now, the problem, I guess, I have with this is, in the last issue, they fought Magneto, and Magneto has way more power than this Vanisher guy. And it only took him like four or five pages to beat Magneto. And here, we're almost halfway through; we're we're more than halfway through the book, and like everybody's already given up. Like, oh, he's going to take over the (laughs) world with his wonderful vanishing power. Um,
0: Well, I mean, if you if you think about it. When I was reading this and looking at the Vanisher's power, I mean, that is pretty unbeatable for a bunch of humans. Um, like, I, it's a pretty impressive power. Um, magnetism, I don't know, maybe I'm just so used to Magneto that I didn't even think about how, like, really powerful that power really is.
1: Right. I don't know. Those are just random thoughts. Sure. But they got beaten like chumps by the Vanisher. Yeah, that's that's gotta hurt. Well, and it does, as we see on the last panel here. The Vanisher is demanding ten. Oh, this is great! Flash, the Vanisher has demanded ten million dollars tax free from the government as his price for nut tax. What?
0: These, this is the news that people need to know. Yes,
1: I would like ten million dollars, and I need a ten ninety nine. No, the tax-free part. I mean, if somebody's going to blackmail the government, are they also going to ask for tax forms? I know. This is this is <laughs> what the people need to know. I mean, they could he could have just as easily said, the
0: vanisher has demanded $10 million. But no, the people need to know. That it's tax-free. This is tax-free money.
1: Yes. <laughs> and he was right next to him. The Beast was right next to him. The beast is still licking his wounds. He's been having trouble sleeping. Clearly. They're all still in their costumes. So this, uh, I wonder, is this... An hour later, a day later, a week later. I mean, it must have taken the Vanisher some time to like get to his hideout and formulate the plan of $10 million, pass the note on to the media, get that whole thing going. But the X-Men are back at their, uh, back at their Westchester school, still in their costumes. Well, it's the next day because the news
0: went up the next day, uh, panel 3, page 17. Are you sure?
1: Oh, it says, yes, you're right. It says and the next pan- day,
0: yep. Panel four as the hours speed by.
1: So it's it's been over a day. So and they're still in their costumes. Okay. <laughs> they they haven't showered. <laughs> They've been too depressed. <laughs> They've been so upset. And the lower
0: right hand panel Marvel Girl is resting her head on the panel. Uh, is she? Oh
1: she she totally sort is. <laughs> She's resting on the well, that's that's good. That's good imagery. I mean maybe there's a wall there, I don't know um okay so why is she in the frame <laughs> what um oh and then they're making fun of each other's powers the fist i mean angel does get a good one in there they're like hey man that corny snowball fist of yours was kind of well corny so yeah the other and there. then
0: um next page he blows him away with the power of his wings <laughs> the mighty
1: power of his angel wings to which and they start to call each other names uh, parakeets <laughs> talking eskimo pie Well, this is just bad. I know, and, uh, you know, I have to imagine that if you're a mutant and you have wings, and those wings are actually kind of bird-like and have feathers and whatnot, I have to imagine that they are somewhat sensitive to the cold. Yeah. (laughs) And so Iceman here freezes them. I mean, that's got to do some level of frostbite or some level of damage, you know? Well, yeah. And then um, Cyclops uses his blasts to uh, melt the ice, which... Mm -hmm.
0: Angel seems to be more worried about than the actual
1: ice itself. Yeah, just melt the ice, leave the wings, eh? Huh? Huh, buddy? <laughs> Once again, I go back to Cyclops is always brooding about the, his awesome power and his responsibility, and yet here he is just blowing ice chunks off of Angel's wings. He's not a brooder yet. That's true. He, he, well, he had a little bit of brooding, but he hasn't really talked about the. the we haven't gotten to the mind bubbles of his awesome powers right, exactly. yet. Puh, at any rate... Um, looks like, uh, it looks like uh, Professor Xavier here's got a plan. Yep.
0: And, uh, it and involves, uh him confronting the vanisher himself, it looks like.
1: When you go next to Washington, I shall accompany you myself. But first I have to show you. Observe this. Oh. So, <laughs> what is this now? Does this ever come back into play? Th- it, the strobe projection? Yeah. Oh, I don't know.
0: Because... I don't think they actually reference this ever again, because, like, it, at least in this issue.
1: This is a... Str- he's just showing them This is a strobe projection. ...it's impossibly fast, it defies description, then there's only one no, way to do No, it, it doesn't defy description. It doesn't defy description because his scribe's right there. He says it was photographed at a speed of 20,000 frames a second. But then two
0: panels over, his speed is so unbelievably fast that it defies description.
1: Oh, you're right. <laughs> uh, you're reading ahead. So <laughs> I can describe it, but it defies that description. It defies the description that you are giving. So I
0: guess the whole, and the so whole point of this is that he has concluded that there's only one way to beat him. Uh, basically, Professor X shows the X-Men a slowed down uh, photography of the Vanager disappearing, which sure. leads Professor X to believe that there's only one way to beat him. And this is my
1: plan, dot, dot, <laughs> dot. <laughs> exactly. But the next day in Washington, similar strobe photos were being intently studied. So, you know, there's multiple people yeah. studying these these strobe photographs. Ach, I don't know. <laughs> Does I, What I think here is... Well, yeah, th- this is, I mean... I think that Stan Lee needed to fill four panels and was like, well, what can I throw here? Oh, I know, strobe projections. And then there's just some weird uh,
0: uh, page... Page 18 in the lower, the, the uh, final panel of page 18, there's really wasted dialogue here. Cyclops, what do you figure he means by that? Quiet beast, we'll find out soon enough. Why not not
1: say that? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of that in these comic books. There's a lot of things that are said that don't need to be said.
0: I mean, usually it doesn't stand out to me and I appreciate it. It's just, you know, good fun. But that just seemed unnecessary.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Um. Yeah, so on page 19, third, fourth panel, it looks like Beast is doing that dance from um, Pulp Fiction, you know, that uh, John Travolta was doing with his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> For no apparent reason. He's jolly. And then they meet on the lawn of the White House. Yep.
0: And um, I don't know. The Vanisher brought his goons, which... All right. The problem with the goons in this whole issue is that they're there for one purpose, and that purpose has yet to come up, but it's really unnecessary. Well, and not only that, the
1: Vanisher doesn't need goons. Well, he doesn't need goons. He just he wants lackeys, as we as we talked about earlier. They're his lackey. So it's more of an ego thing for the Vanisher. But the thing is, the the White House has got lots of its own protection. It's got anti aircraft. It's got artillery. It's a, a well guarded uh, federal building and. How did these armed people get onto the lawn of the Capitol without tanks and helicopters and all sorts of other (laughs) soldiers descending around them? Now, obviously the Vanisher would have gotten away, but all these people would have been killed. Yeah. I mean, this is essentially a threat on the
0: president. It's probably something similar to the last issue where at Camp Citadel they decided to just let the X-Men take care of it. Man,
1: military in the 60s was really bad at this sort of thing. Even though they've already let them down once. So, um... So yeah, the X Men step aside here on the <laughs> next page, page twenty, to reveal this. F- to reveal this feeble old man.
0: To reveal the Professor X is actually there, and he gives the Vanisher one chance to surrender. Um, because his power is far
1: greater, far more terrible. I'm not a, but a mutant, even as you. So, I don't know. This just doesn't make any sense. Because. <laughs> Professor Xavier, throughout the series, tries to maintain a low um, priority. In fact, I think it was like issue 200 when he came out and was like, I'm a mutant, and that was like a big deal.
0: Right, I remember
1: that. So the idea here is that he has been keeping this under wraps for the last... I mean, he's trying to keep a low profile here so that he can run his school so that he can continue recruiting students and help them. But here he is on the lawn of the White House. Well, they kind of... Yeah, they they kind of jump back to the low profile
0: by the end of this issue, yeah. which I'll, I'll bring up when we get to it. But, yeah, I felt the same way reading this. Um, so, bottom line... Essentially, here he mind-wipes the the manager.
1: Yeah. What a cheat. Which has got to suck. What a cheat, though. <laughs> what a cheat and storytelling. The X-Men couldn't... So, I mean, what this does is is it sets up like if the X-Men can't beat them with brute strength, all they need is the professor to mind-wipe him. Right, which leads to the question, of why doesn't he just
0: mind-wipe everybody? But uh, And why does
1: he even have students then? He's like, hey, bad guy, <laughs> mind-wipe, mind-wipe. <laughs> Magneto, mind-wipe.
0: I guess the idea is to show that Professor X is uh, just as powerful as everybody else. He's not just a showman, you know. He's he's not just the leader of a team of dudes, he's got powers too. And they're really uh, pretty powerful. Yes,
1: they are. So at this point the X Men don't And hopefully he's not going to mind wipe someone every <laughs> issue. <laughs> so then uh, yeah, the X even the X Men are confused. What happened? But that's when your bad guys, your your goons start attacking.
0: Yeah, the sole reason for the bad guys to be here are so the X Men can in the last page last two pages when basically the story is over, the X Men take on the thugs. Oh yeah,
1: again, yeah, you're right. This is which we get,
0: we basically get two panels of the X Men taking on the thugs who otherwise have absolutely no purpose. Uh, Beast takes all their guns and knocks them all over. Cyclops blasts a hole in the ground, knocking all of the thugs into it, and Iceman puts. Iceman makes like
1: a little pie cover. <laughs> yeah. A lattice pie cover on the top of them.
0: Yep, and they make some really bad
1: puns.
0: Um which even yes. the thugs comment are jail would be better than these corny puns of yours.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is just Stan Lee filling more pages, I think. Yeah,
0: really. These last two pages are completely unnecessary. And then even then after it seems like it's finished I mean this is this is like the end of the Lord of the Rings movie. There's ten endings. Uh, <laughs> Some of the thugs got loose, so Marvel Girl has to take them on. So she shows some of her powers, uh, taking their guns out of their hands and pointing them at the, at the bad guys. She's a magician, even worse. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's more guys, so Angel takes out those guys uh, by flying into them, knocking them over with all their guns.
1: Yes, and then minutes later, after the smoke has cleared, I'm curious, like, what <laughs> smoke was there?
0: Yeah, it's it's not literal smoke.
1: Okay, you shouldn't be this close to all the action, mister. You're lucky you weren't hurt. Somebody out there, get this man out of here. Hands off the wheelchair, we'll do it. So I'm going to have to assume here
0: that Professor X mind-wiped the whole world so that they didn't know that he was on the <laughs> lawn. Um, He definitely mind-wiped all of the thugs because they would have seen him. And uh, he he goes back to his undercover existence well
1: and that's kind of what okay so in the last panel beast is sitting there going imagine if they knew you were the leader of the x-men sir when a few pages before he said i'm a very powerful mutant and then when the military tried to remove him off right. the lawn the x-men were like hey we we'll, we got him no problem he's with us yeah, <laughs> yeah somehow can anybody not connect these somehow dots? people know but they don't know and i'm i'm blaming professor x <laughs> i think i think he just mind wiped everybody <laughs> yes and then he, I wish he would mind-wipe this issue for you. <laughs> <me. laughs> this issue wasn't very good. And he goes on to say that I think this is like a metaphor for strength isn't everything. Sometimes the brain is what it takes, like stay in school, kids. I don't know. <laughs> Stanley just looking for
0: some sort of uh, power and responsibility quote.
1: Maybe, something like that. Um, so there you go. That's, that's the end of issue number two. Kind of a kind of a snoozer.
0: Yeah, definitely not. Uh, definitely not as great as the last issue.
1: Yeah, it but, was better uh, than the. It can only get better from here. Yeah, issue two. Kind of a kind of a stinker in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, the
0: Vindicator not that impressive.
1: But he was able to. He was able to take out the entire X Men, and it took Professor Xavier to mind wipe him. So I mean, one could say that he is a greater foe than Magneto. Yeah, I guess so. Although Magneto did escape. That's true. That's true. Alright, well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Any other final thoughts on this one? Uh no. I, I'm I'm looking
0: forward to moving on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's put this one to rest and move on to the next. <laughs> yeah. Page. Let's hope the vanisher doesn't return for a long time. Until then, folks, this is Jeremy and Adam saying the danger room is closed. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. We'll see you next time.